This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 206. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing all right, buddy. Uh, got a window and a door installed. Love we it. have windows and doors. <laughs> Let's go. Big things happening over there. Yeah, I took time away to sit in front of my computer for a bit that we'll get to, and it was completely fruitless, but either way... That's what's new with me. What's new with you? Yeah, uh, I think I have carpal tunnel, Mitch, because I was refreshing Twitter so much today, and it was all for nothing. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of nothing going on today. But doesn't mean that we have nothing to talk about, of course. No, of course. And before we get started, Mitch, we should talk about something very important here, too. Yeah, Speaking about carpal tunnel for doing repetitive actions too frequently in an uncomfortable situation, that is not what will happen if you use Manscaped. So the Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships and concerts are all in this summer. You know what that was? Sorry. You know what isn't? I'm reading here. A wild and hairy bush. Oh. Uh, Tame your pubes. Honestly, I'm reading this. Uh, with help from our friends at Manscaped. They are our friends. That That is a truthful statement. This is a fact. Uh, well, it's all truthful, really. Uh, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. There's asterisks there, so I'm adding emphasis for dramatic effect. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas and ladies... Do right by your balls and bush, I guess. Uh, and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to, with the code, going to manscaped.com with the code FANSIDED20 to get 20% off your order and free shipping. There you go. So that's manscaped.com and use the promo code FANSIDED20. 20% off and free shipping. Do it. It's absolutely worth your while. I had the 3.0, love it. Have the 4.0 now. It's an absolute blast. You're you're gonna love it, right, Mitch? Honestly, like it's it's such a, a well weighted little machine to use to uh, you know take feel care of good about your your downstairs area, yeah. right? Like you know, everyone leaves that on alone, really leaves it alone for way too long, and then when you got finally get to take care of it, feels good. Absolutely. Um, speaking of waiting around for a really long time, um, <laughs> that, that was me today, as we hinted at at the start, uh, because it was free agency frenzy day and I was super excited for the frenzy and anxiously awaiting, anxiously refreshing Twitter and 
Guys were flying around, and it was a whole lot of not a lot for the Islanders, Mitch. It was very much the Squidward SpongeBob Patrick meme, right? Where Squidward is looking at the two of them, like, la, 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 having a good time. And we're the Squidward, we being Islanders fans, going, nothing is happening. We're, we're told that Kyle Palmieri and, and Zach Parise are signed, but we haven't seen said signings yet. So, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we have there's a couple of things that have been said. It's not confirmed, so we'll get into those. Um, kind of obvious if you've been following along here. The, these things. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Then we'll get into just some things that maybe surprised us from around the league today. And then, of course, Mitch on the in the back half of the show is going to go in depth on the on the prospect our new East Islanders prospects and his conversations with them. So, um. Mitch, let's. St- you want to start Palmieri or you want to go Parise first? Let's go Palmieri first. Okay, so we're familiar with Kyle Palmieri. The Islanders traded for him at this past deadline. Once Jordan Eberle left, Kyle Palmieri, I mean, we ha- you had to think that he was going to be on the list of guys that Lou Lamarillo would have. And, like, it makes sense. One, he had a very productive playoff for the Islanders. Two... He's a Long Island kid. Like, that stuff matters. And number three, like, they need a right-handed shot guy. So it's it just everything is adding up, and it looks like they got a deal done. Uh, we just have no idea what it is because Lou Lamarillo is the general manager. You might not know for another month. Right. And, and again, he, not again, but also adding to, like, the, the why he would stay is he's a Lou player. True. He's played for Lou. He's brought in by Lou. Lou likes this guy. Lou, Lou knows him. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that they signed him to a decent amount, uh, like a decent deal. I've, I've heard long-term and by I've heard, I don't have like, you know, two birds up at the Islander headquarters here scoping out information. But for what we've been able to gather online, it seems like it's a long-term deal, which makes sense. Like Kyle Palmieri is not young or is not old either. Sorry, he's 30, right? He turns 31 in February. So to give him like a six-year deal kind of makes sense. Is that what you think it's going to be, six years? I think so. It's not going to be eight. We know that much. So um, if I'm going long term, it's going to be four between four and six. I'm just erring on the side of caution to go with six with the the, the reasoning to bring down the, the AAV. Okay. If that's the case, then I could live with it. I would prefer not to have Kyle Palmieri signs at 36. Uh, if it's a four or five year deal, I, I could live with five. Six is pushing it a little bit. We'll see, but more of the story is he's going to come in cheaper than Eberle, I would have to imagine, right? I, I well, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not guaranteeing that, obviously, because I have no idea. We have no idea. Why do you think he will? Why do I think he'll come in cheaper? Yeah, just overall production-wise, really hasn't been to the point of Eberle over the course of his career. Yeah. Well, that that's true, right? Like 45 points in 65 games two years ago, 17 points, I, I guess really 21 points over. 51. I can't do math quickly there, but I think that's 50, 51, 51 games. Yeah, so it would be 34 points. <laughs> but he went ice cold with the, with the Islanders, as we know. Four yeah, exactly. Four points in 17 games is not good. But this is a 20-goal score, 25-goal score, really, and any other year. Even then, he had 25 two years ago in 65 games, mind you. That, that's a 30-point player, a 30-goal player. 
Right. This is someone who you could pencil in for 25 goals. I don't know if he's going to be the production of like where Everly's at, where you could pretty much guess 50 to 55. He might be in like the 45 point range, maybe, you know, some years push closer to 50. But something that he has, one of the things that he has that Everly doesn't, power play goals come in bunches with him, Mitch. Uh, not this past year, only two. But how about the one, two, three, four, five years before that? 11, 11, 11, down year with eight, and then back to 11. We'll take eight, right? Like Even yeah. eight is, is a huge win for the Islanders. Uh, but you're right. The scoring on the power play is a huge win for us because, well, we need it. We need it bad. But we keep alluding to Palmieri is going to fit into the uh, Jordan Eberle role. And we're, we're already talking to ourselves like he's not as productive as Jordan Eberle on his best. Both of them, that is. So, like, is is that a one-for-one one swap? And, and even if it is, it's certainly not a better, right? Like, we're not getting better where that is. That... I, I would say it's an even swap because of some of the other things that he does. Like, I think he plays a more physical game, and I think he is better on the power play. So while the production might not necessarily be where Eberle is, I'm I'm pretty close to even swap. He might be like, how am I trying to say this? Starting a franchise over, you don't have any kind of identity. Eberle's the better player. But I think for what the Islanders are trying to do, Palmieri might be a better fit. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Absolutely right. Like, if you're you're looking for the better player, it's probably Jordan Eberle. Uh, but they can comp- they could use Palmieri as a more complementary piece to what the pieces they've already got. Right. Like in a vacuum, Jordan Eberle better than Kyle Palmieri. But considering everything else because we don't live in a vacuum and the Islanders aren't a vacuum. There are other factors around it. Yeah, maybe he's a better fit. Right, and especially if he's going to be with Matt Barzal, when you kind of want that more of a goal scoring. Like, I think he's a better pure goal scorer than Everlay is. Yeah, that I think that's not even debatable. If, if anyone wants to debate that, I, I can't. I can't see that. He's got 30 goals at least since 2015-16 every year. And you can say, like, well, he didn't do that when he was in Anaheim. He didn't have the minutes he had with the Jersey New Jersey Devils that he had in Anaheim. There's a, a clear jump in minutes when he played for the Devils versus where he was with Anaheim. Yeah, by, like, three, four minutes, it looks like. Right? Like, the, that's a clear indication that his role jumped significantly when he went from Anaheim to New Jersey. And with that role came the goals, right? Because if before that, you look at his, his time in Anaheim, he's 10, 14, 14 in terms of goals. Not not once is that over a full eighty two games, mind you. Uh, so and then when he gets to, to uh, New Jersey, thirty, twenty six, twenty four, twenty seven, twenty five. There's a clear thing here where you're going like one of these things is not like the other, and then you see the ice time go up and you go ah well there you go. No, absolutely, and just get him getting power play opportunities. I think is really you know huge for him. Um, Something else that I like is you could play him up on the top line. You could play him on the second line. And we've saw the Islanders play him on the third line in the playoffs. And, you know, he he played well in really all of those roles where, you know, we talked about it when we lost Jordan Eberle. Um, but it's more of you put him on the, on the top line and he's not really someone you put on the third line because he, he's not really a, a two-way player like that. I guess the way to put that is Jordan Eberle is a more dependent player, right? Like he won't carry the line, 
but when someone is carrying the line, he can shine. Yes. And of course, it's not to say that Kyle Palmieri will he in and of himself carry a full line, but he can do a lot of lifting on a line on his own. Right. And I feel like Anders Lee also can do that kind of a stuff. So but the two of them playing with Barzell, I think on paper, I think should work. And that was kind of my next question for you. Are you anticipating him up top or on the third line? I don't know. I don't know what to think. It probably third line, but we started this off by talking about taking Jordan Everly's spot. Because when you look at the roster, you think, well, how many righties we got? Two really, well, I guess three, right? You got um, Kyle Palmieri, assuming we have him. Again, we're assuming here because there's no contract in yet. There's nothing for sure. Um, but you were assuming Kyle Palmieri. Then you have Oliver Wallstrom. And then you got Cal Clutterbuck. And I know someone's saying, well, what about Josh Bailey? He's still just a lefty. And yeah. by just, I, I should say, he is a lefty, not a righty. He's playing there out of necessity, not out of that's the better fit. Yeah, so yeah, when you look at it like that, I just don't know if Barry Trotz is going to put Oliver Wallstrom on the top line. I'm not saying like that I'm opposed to it. I just can't sit here today and say, based on everything we've seen over the last three years and go, oh yeah, Oliver Wallstrom's definitely going to play you know, up top after being a healthy scratch in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you there. Obviously, I would like for him to play top line because that's his. that means he's getting more minutes. And with more minutes, like we saw with all uh, Kyle Palmieri here, tends to lead towards more production, assuming the skill level is there. And we're all assuming that with Oliver Wallstrom. But when it comes to, like you aptly pointed out, Barry Trotz isn't just about to go like, here you go, top line. Although, I guess he did do that with Gabriel Bellows, right? Briefly. Briefly. And then Kiefer Bellis didn't. He, it was like a sink or swim thing, right? Let's see if he sinks or swim. And he very much sank. Yeah. Uh, well, there was. Uh, he scored a couple of goals in a row. Like, he won a couple of games in a row with a goal, right? And then drop off. Exactly. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Um, the thing with Oliver Wallstrom is they saw how productive he was with sheltered minutes. I would suspect they start the year off sheltering him. And as that confidence grows, maybe putting up putting him up there. But I, I like you, I don't think day one he's top line. Now, of course, it can't happen. So don't come back at me like, ha ha! See, you were wrong. Now I'm just, I'm and and so are you, just trying to not put ourselves out there on a, on a take that we don't firmly believe in. No, and obviously, like you said, if Oliver Wallstrom, you know, starts out the year, let's let's say JGP, and we're not going to talk about the left wing just yet because we're going to get to that in a second. Um, and he's playing well, then by all means, he could absolutely get carve out a bigger role for himself, especially if Palmieri goes through a stretch where maybe he's not scoring that much and they switched up. And I don't think Trotz would have an issue doing it then. I just, I don't think it's going to be right out of the gate like that. I have a hard time believing that unless he has this crazy monster training camp and through uh, the preseason, he's just lighting things up and scoring buckets and buckets of goals. I don't think that's going to happen. Not to say that he's not a capable player, but players don't usually pour it on in the preseason like that. Yeah, it would be it would be a little bit of a rarity. And, and again, like this isn't an anti-Oliver Wallstrom thing. It's just like, that's just not how these things go. It's managing expectations. Yeah, which is fair. I think that's completely fair. So We, we all have to do that. We probably should have managed our expectations before today rolled around. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get to the potential other player that they're linked to, I think we have to give a little bit of context. And what I mean by that is there were three players who were not extended a qualifying offer. 
Yeah. Two of those three were pretty obvious, I guess, to an extent. Um, in Bobo Carpenter, and it was Timoshov was the other one. I always forget his first name. Dimitro. Dimitro. Yeah, yeah. Dimitro Timoshov. The third one was Michael Dal Cole. So MDC, no longer a member of the New York Islanders. That's. It feels weird, right? It feels like he's been part of the furniture because he has since 2014. Uh, that that's a long time, right? That's seven years in the organization, and the Islanders did not get much out of him. No, and. Like, I feel bad. Same with Josh saying I know that it, that didn't work out for a completely other reasons. But the and I, I said it at the time, you know, with all due respect to Michael Dal Cole, the Islanders felt that they could get someone to fill that either whether it's 13th forward or starting on the third line left wing role and get better value somewhere else. Like if you're going to pay, what would it? take to bring him back uh, probably the minimum at seven hundred fifty thousand, but you could still get a, a better player for you know that price i don't think it would because he was on seven hundred thousand, so his qualifying offer would have been a little bit more than that and uh, it may have been 150 percent raise so don't quote me on that because i'm not using the the calculator right now but if we look at the waiver calculator, maybe we can still pull it up. Um, prob- no, definitely not. Okay, there. Anatoly Golishev, base salary, 700000 His multiplier, yeah, so he'd be at seven fifty. so you're right. Minimum, it, it would probably be a league minimum for him. Yeah, so... For Michael Del Cole, that is, sorry. Right, but even, like, the to me, this says, like, the Islanders thought, okay, we see what Michael Del Cole gives you, which is flatline. We've talked about it a lot. It, it's... He's not going to push the needle forward. He's not going to kill you. He's not a liability out there, but it's just very flatline, and they just felt they could improve. And and unfortunately, I, I agree with that. I, I can't imagine anyone disagreeing with it. I, and it doesn't mean that you can't be surprised by it. We all thought that they would retain him because you're like, well, he's a good 13th four, right? He's a very much replacement-level player for the Islanders. Maybe he becomes something better somewhere else, and I hope he does. But with the Islanders, he was very much a replacement level player. So, like, wh- wh- why, wh- why pay him that? If you can pay Zach Parise, let's say, a million dollars, and maybe they don't even have to do that, he can maybe get you 20 goals. He might even get you 10. Michael Del Cole has a career, what, 10 goals? Sorry, 11. 11, yeah. No, sorry, excuse me, 8. I miscounted. 8. Right, like that. That's the thing. They are going for a higher ceiling player. Granted, he's older, but we could kind of transition and talk about that now. But I, I just thought it was important to, you know, set the scene for why they were looking for this player, and it was because of you know not qualifying Michael Dow Cole. So it looks like Zach Parise is coming to the island. It's his birthday today, too. Happy thirty seventh birthday to Zach Parise. Um, so I would assume it's going to be Andy Green style one year, $750,000 against the cap, but incentives and bonuses going out uh, in order to get that money up. But this is a, I, I like this move a lot. I, again, it's hard to say because you don't know the the money, which that kind of changes things, but I don't anticipate it being super high. But I really think he could be a productive player on the third line for this Islanders team. 100%. Um I can't see – look, yeah, he had a bad year last year, right? Seven goals, 11 assists, 18 points over 45 games. But the year before that, 
25 goals. The year before that, even 28 goals. And that's 25 goals in 69 games, mind you. So 25 over 69 over a full year is a 30 goal. That's a 30 goal player. Right. And his bad year this year, 18 points over 45 games. If you pace that out, it's a 33-point season. I would take that on the third line. Exactly, right? You're taking that on the third line for close to minimum, right? Even if it's $2 million. If you're getting 30 points out of, let's say, Leo Komarov, I don't think anyone's complaining. No, of course not. Absolutely not. But Parise won is just a couple of years removed from, I mean, the two years before this, 25 goals and 28 goals. And this year he was only playing 13 minutes, 57 seconds. You know, the Islanders roll four lines and they ask their third line to play. I don't know if it's going to be the 17 or 18 minutes he was getting the last two years, but 15 and a half, that's probably pretty fair, right? For what the third line usually gets. I think so. I really, really want to bring up Palmieri's, um, statue here from hockey reference i was having a hard time today he uh it just wasn't loading palmer i was same here i didn't mean to cut you off sorry i just had it up so i was switching tabs um okay with the islanders he averaged 14 10 so that's up like what a minute and a half from what he was not a minute and a half so parise was getting how much in minnesota so it was 13 seconds so 13 seconds more. That's not a whole lot. Um, but but if he's still getting that and you're still getting 18 points, that's fine. You'll take that. For around league minimum to max $2 million, you'll take that. Right. For sure. And maybe they... and it's probably not going to be like a 10-year contract. <laughs> it might be a single-year contract. Right. And especially considering that the Islanders might feel more comfortable rolling that line because at times I don't think they wanted to roll that line as much when it was, you know, uh, Leo Komarov and JGP on it. But I don't know, man, thinking about either one of Wallstrom or Palmieri on the right, Pajot down the middle and Parise on the left side. That's a really nice depth scoring line. It is now. Of course, Zach Parise is 36 years old, or he just turned 37 today, right? Yes. That's a little long in the tooth for hockey. I'm 37, so... You're washed. I'm done. Just call it in. I'm going to have to tell my wife, babe, sorry, it's over. I'm done. I'm too old for this stuff. Uh, He's still got something, clearly. He had 25 goals two years ago, right? Like, it's not done for Zach Parise. It could be. It could very well be. It doesn't seem like it. And this is a calculated risk by a GM who knows the player pretty darn well. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's someone who well, he loved him in, in New Jersey. He drafted him, and he tried to trade for him a year and a half ago when he tried to get JG. Well, when he did get JGP. So bringing him in for, like, like we said, veteran minimum or close to that, I think is going to be really solid value. Absolutely. So... It seems like the roster's shaping up to have these two guys coming in. There's still the possibility that the Islanders make a trade and, and swing for a, a top-tier um, a winger for, for the top line. I'm starting to make peace with that not happening, and maybe they swing for a top-tier left-handed defenseman to replace Nick Luddy. Right. I, a trade for Vince Dunn, please. That'd be really nice. Um, but just looking at the offense in general, now I or the forward group in general, 
Now, I know that there at this point hasn't been a big splash. We know Landis Gog re-signed in Colorado, and then uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is still out there in St. Louis. But let's just for a second play the game that they're going to bring back Sezikis as well, and your top line is Lee Barzal, Palmieri, Bo, Nelson, Bailey, uh, Parise, Pajot, uh, Wallstrom, and then the fourth line as is. So those are the, that's your 12. How many of those guys do you think could be 20 plus goal scorers? Ooh, Seven, eight. That's maybe. Yeah. So Lee Barzal, Barzal y- your top line, Palmieri, uh, that's three. Bo. Yeah. Nelson. Yep. Uh, Pajot could. Yes. Wallstrom could easily. And Parise could that's eight. Just basically everyone. That's a lot of scoring, right? Eight times twenty is a lot. That's two hundred goals, right? And now I'm not saying that that's all not of them goals, 160 goals. That's fine. God. We're not a math podcast. We've well established that. <laughs> I'm not saying every single one of those guys is going to hit the twenty, but having the potential for that, it's it's solid. It's deep. That's what the Islanders thrive off of. Think of the Islanders' playoff, their their playoff run, and and the twelve forwards that went through that playoff run think about who they were and the positions that they played now think about that roster you just brought up is that roster not better this this one 100 is better right like you're replacing komarov with anders lee that's a huge win right there sorry leo but it is mm-hmm. uh eberle is being replaced by kyle palmerit and you can say maybe that's a wash maybe it's a step down slight maybe, marginal worst. But the step up you just gained from Anders Lee over Leo Gomrov is monstrous. And, and then you're, with all due respect to Travis Zajac, you're getting at least a one-for-one one maybe a little bit better out of Kyle Pala. Sorry, my God, Zach Parise over Travis Zajac. And uh, more developed Oliver Wallstrom, too. Right? Like, there's a lot. there's a lot to like with that roster. It's not sexy. I know it's not. But there's still a lot to like on that roster. No, it is, and especially assuming that they somehow they land a lefty because they need. That's what their biggest need is right now, in my yes. eyes. Assuming they get a second pair left-handed defenseman, I see no reason why this team can't be competing for a Stanley Cup. But uh, there, I, if you look online, some people are like, "This is the worst thing to ever happen to this team." They're they're so down in the dumps, which I think is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, that's that seems wild to me. I, I'm. If there's any apprehension today from not having done anything, it's just a, a FOMO kind of feeling. It's not that, oh, God, I feel like the, it's doom and gloom. The Islanders have lost everything. No, it's just a, I want to have nice things, too. I also want to go shopping, right? That That's the, the anxiety or the stress of today. It's not that I'm I'm worried that the Islanders are going to be bad. That's not That's not a thing right now for me. No, yeah, same here. Honestly, same here. It's not something that... You know, I'm worried about either. It's maybe I'm with you. Maybe it's just a fear of missing out kind of a thing. You see all the other teams having fun. But if on opening night, what I just laid out is their forward group. Again, would I love Tarasenko? Of course I would. But that it's fine. The Islanders could be a really, really good team and back to where they were, if not further, with this roster. Absolutely. So. I, I'm okay with where things are right now. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. So, you know, we'll see if anything continues to happen. I've, I've even while we're on the podcast, I've been continuing to refresh <laughs> Twitter, just hoping something happens. But uh, I, I don't think so. Do you want to before we get into the draft side of things? Do you want to just talk about maybe a couple things that maybe surprised us today, Mitch, from around the league? Absolutely. Uh, so my first one, I am shocked at the contract that Blake Coleman got. What did he? I, there's so many things happening. I feel out of the loop. So I'm glad we're doing this. It's helping me kind of catch up with what happened. Okay. I would like to see your reaction to this because Calgary gave him six years, twenty nine point four million, which is a four point nine million dollar cap hit. Wow. Okay. Jesus. He's twenty nine. Again, I really I love Coleman as a third line player. Love him. I don't know if I four point nine million dollars a year for six years. Love him though. He's been in the NHL for what, one, two, three, four years. Four years in the NHL, and he's a 30-point player is what we're looking at. And he's going to get a $5 million payday? Okay, Calgary. All right. Yeah. Jesus, Murphy, that's a lot of money. Good on good on him. Uh, but I saw that and thought, my God, <laughs> that's a lot. That is a lot of money. I can't believe that. Hopefully that works out for them, but I, Jesus, Murphy, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I know. I I, I could, I had to like double take that when I saw that name come across my screen and at the price. That's just way too much. <laughs> oh boy. Um, For me, that there's a lot like Carolina. What the hell is going on there? Um, I, I do not like their offseason at all. No, Nedeljkovic gone because we undersold him. And you're like, that's a Calder finalist. Should have maybe even been a Vezina finalist. Gone. Because you, you're like, ah, what about $2 million? And he's going, I'm way, I'm worth way more than that. Mm-hmm. And then you lose Dougie Hamilton, the best offensive defenseman in the game, bar none. Yep. And then you bring in Freddie Anderson, who did not have a great end in Toronto. No. And then... Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'll just say this: I'm glad the Islanders stayed away. Not that they needed a right-handed defenseman, but just I, I, I don't want to touch that with a ten-foot pole. Oh, Lula Amarillo was nowhere near that in any way, shape, or form. But that's just, and you got a million dollars too. A million dollars. I know we keep talking about like second chances. He's on like his fourth or fifth. It's no longer a second chance city with him. Yeah, and didn't they bring in um oh my god, who else did they bring in? Yeah, they didn't have a great I'm trying to bring it up too. Uh Carolina, here we go. Uh Josh Levo, CJ Smith, Ian Cole, George Auntie Ranta. That's who they brought in as a goalie. Okay. Which seems wild. Now they got Auntie Ranta and Freddie Anderson as goalies. Which are better, more established goalies, but they're not I don't know, that seems like a weird thing. You you lost a starter a young starter that you could have had between the pipes for years to come because you were cheap. Yeah, that I don't I don't get that one, dude. I, I really don't. So that's that's the one that, that kinda weirded me out. And I think also the offer for Dougie Hamilton was weird too. I think they came in at eight years, six million dollars. And it's like, how how do you do that? <laughs> no, 
<laughs> you don't do that to Dougie Hamilton after the season he had. Yeah, I don't I don't get that one either. That's that's bizarre. That's too low. So that that's the one that really kind of shook me. Um but but outside of that, just a lot of money being spent. Like we talk about the, the freeze on the cap, but money was shelled out. Right, total contract dollars according to Cap Friendly, seven hundred and seventy nine million dollars doled out. Almost a billion dollars was handed out today. I had one more that I wanted to get your reaction to. Did you see what Edmonton did today? I saw a few things. So they re signed uh Tyson Berry. I saw mm-hmm. that. Uh what else did they do? They signed Cody Cece to a four year deal with a three two five cap hit. Why? Why did the worst team defensively just sign the worst defenseman? Mm-hmm. So now they have CC Duncan Keith above him with I'm going to assume Tyson Barry. They're they're going to struggle defensively. They're going to bleed goals. This is not a step in the right direction for them. Ooh, Edmonton, what are you? Do they even have a goal yet? Oh, they do. They got Mike Smith. He's a hundred. With all the. Yeah, with all due respect to Mike Smith, he's 39. Had a great year last year. Great year. We talked about it with Zach Parise. Can he do it again? Hopefully so for Edmonton's sake. But at 39, the chances are growing slimmer. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. So I don't yeah, I'm not one. looking. You're right. There's a, there's a sieve, and it's the Edmonton blue line. Not great. So at least the Islanders didn't have a bad day handing out contracts. Could we positive spins on that? We can absolutely positive spin on that. Like, the Islanders didn't do anything dumb. Yeah, this is good. Right? They did everything smart. It seems that they've uh, they've kept Kyle Palmieri. The signs seems like they're bringing in uh, Travis. Uh, God, Jesus, Zach Parise. I keep screwing that up. And it seems like they're also going to be keeping uh, Casey Zizekas. There's no noise around Zizekas. I, I know that Sportsnet tried to, but it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, he, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I think no news is good news when it comes to Sezikis. We would have we would have heard something. I think if he was going somewhere else, we would have. Well, frankly, I think he would have signed by now. Honestly, I, I think so. I, I think he got interest, but his, his to leave would probably have cost five million dollars to whatever team wanted to bring him in, and I don't think anyone's willing to pay five million dollars for a player who they don't really see as necessarily a a good third liner. I think he is. Uh, I, I think he could be worth the five million dollars in a more offensive role, but I'm I'm glad no one's taken the bait. Yes, absolutely. I think he's going to come back as well, probably to some term. I don't think we're going to like the term, but uh, I think we'll have to bite the bullet on that. Yeah, I don't think we're going to like the term, but when it comes to center, and and it's a guy like Casey Zekas, whatever. I, I'm I'm willing to eat a little a little bit longer if 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 it needs be. Absolutely. So with that, do you want to transition and enlighten us on this draft class from the New York Islanders, Mitch? Yeah, buddy. Let's go by. um, Let me sort this here. I have it in order. So the Islanders made six picks at the 2021 NHL entry draft, and I'll I'll list them out one at a time here. In the second round, Atu Ratu. It is pronounced Ratu-ish differently. It's not E. It's not Ratty. It's Ratu. Uh, Tristan Lennox in the third round, that's a goalie. Cameron Berg in the fourth round, he's a center. Itu Lucas, or Itu Lucas uh, from, he's a Finnish player, he's a left wing. Alexi Malinen, 
also finished left-handed defenseman and Thomas Machu, a right-handed defenseman out of the Czech Republic. There you go. So I want to very much so talk about Ratu. And I know you've gotten a chance to speak with him as well. So what A, what did he have to say? What was he like for the listener who maybe hasn't seen that? And how good has he been since being drafted? He's been very good. Very good. So he and his Finnish teammates, as well as Team Sweden and two teams for Team USA, are playing at the 2021 Summer Showcase in Plymouth, Michigan. It's a yearly competition of... uh, It's essentially tune-up to the World Juniors. World Juniors are, are still quite a few months away, but this gives the teams a chance to kind of play against similar opposition and similar caliber to kind of see where they're at. And Ratu is leading the tournament in points. After four games, my man is averaging f- two points a game. With He's got five goals, three assists over the four games. I like that. See, I like that a lot. Absolutely dominant performance. Uh, in terms of our chat, the kid seems to know what, what's going on and what's happening. He knows he fell in the draft. He knows he didn't have a good year last year. Uh, but he also knows it's not just like, I'm a bad player. I'm never going to recover from this. Right, this isn't uh, Joe Exotic saying uh, I'm never going to financially recover <laughs> from this thing. He will recover from this financially as well, I'm sure. He's a good player. He's got top end skill. He could very well be the the steal of the draft easily. See, I like the sound of that a lot, especially considering the Islanders only had six picks and they didn't have a first rounder. Being able to, you know, replenish the prospect pool with someone as high caliber as him is huge for them because he's almost like a first round adding a first round talent you know to the mix of this prospect pool i know technically they didn't take him there same thing in my eyes with Bodie wild in 2018 but um like that stuff matters when you don't have your there they didn't pick until the third round last year like if last year's draft class class is a wash and uh aturatu comes in and, and turns into something that could help mitigate things down the line when some of these contracts are looking bad or you move away from some of these veteran players and, you know, these younger guys are ready to come in and play. Yeah, exactly. Just remember, listener, if Ratu turns into anything, anything at the NHL level, it's a win. Even if it's a fourth liner, as long as he makes the NHL, it's a win. Even if he doesn't, this is a good and smart pick from the Islanders. When you go to the draft, you want to pull away with the best available player. When it came to the 52nd pick, the best player available on the board was Aturatu. You can make the, the case that maybe it was Sasha Pastorjov or Samuel Hellenius, as I had made before. It was clearly Ratu, and it, it's it's turning out to be the case. Now, I can't wait to speak to the Finnish coach. I'm going to give them their, their space while they're at the tournament. Uh, and I'm going to speak to him once, once it's done to get his take on this, because he had said something about Samuel Hellenius being better or ranking higher than, than Ratu. He specifically singled out Ratu uh, in terms of just his team. So I want to see if he wants to go back on that now or, or what he thinks about saying that. So we'll see once the tournament is done. I think it's the 31st of July is the last game. So early August is when I could, I was when I plan on speaking to him again to see what he thinks about uh, what happened. But the scenes... It was absolute pandemonium in, in terms of the camp, the Finnish camp there. When I spoke to him, I was texting him while the draft was happening. 
because his players started going Ratu, Hellenius, a few other ones. And I was like, what's the scenes there? He's like, the, the boys are pretty happy. Uh, hopefully they can channel that on the ice. And they very <laughs> much did. Oh yeah. They had a, they had a great day uh, on that one for sure. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm really excited about this kid and you know, Lou swung for the fence here, which I think is important to do, uh, especially when you don't have a lot of draft picks. Like, sure, there's a chance this doesn't work out, but as someone who at one point was looked at as maybe a first overall pick, like that's a huge home run swing from Lou, and maybe it works, but I think in a draft class, especially where you don't have a ton of picks, you have to swing for the fence. So I love that Lou did that. And by swing for the fence, he's, it's not even like he reached, right? No. And that was the one thing in other drafts where he's like, well, I'm going to take Simon Holmstrom, 24th, 23rd. I keep forgetting which one exactly it was. doesn't matter within those two. Uh, and that was a reach. Probably should have been a second-round pick. Alexander Ljungkrans last year probably shouldn't have been a third-round pick, probably a sixth-round pick. But they reached. Maybe it turns out. Maybe it doesn't. That's not what happened here. He's like, well, I'm at 52 and this Ratu kid is supposed to be first overall still on the freaking board. I guess I'll go and take him. Yeah, no, absolutely. He kind of fell in their lap, which you love. But, I mean, you look at 2018, that happened three times in a row, just about. Oliver Wallstrom probably wasn't supposed to be there. Noah Dobson probably wasn't supposed to be there. And then Bodie Wild at 41, that also seemed insane. You're right. Yeah, A lot of things have come into play here for, for them or, or fell into their lap. So good job by them. But I really like their draft class because that not reaching was everywhere. And the one I, I want to bring out here is Alexei Malinin. That's a sixth-round pick. This is a guy that should have gone in the third round. And he's there in the sixth round. And Lou's like, okay, I guess I'll go and take this Finnish puck-moving defenseman. Thank you very much. Here's my Robin Salo 2.0. Um, just absolutely great move by him all the other picks there's nothing wrong with any of the other picks but they were aptly they're they're picked where they probably should have gone malinan should have been a third round pick the fact that he was still available in the six is madness yeah i remember you mentioned that the other day on the on the patron show uh do you think if there's a diamond in the rough in the in the later rounds is malinan the one yes yeah I, i i love that he's a little bit, he has a little bit of room to grow at, at six foot 176, but there's a lot to like with his game. Yeah, he's an explosive skater, moves the puck, very creative, but with that comes a lot of dangerous opportunities, right? The, and when I say by that, that that goes both ways, right? He creates them, but also against himself type of thing. Uh, he'll learn that. He needs to put on muscle. 176 is light for the NHL. Uh, he's he's going to but he's only like 18, 19 years old. So he, he'll, he'll add that surely. Uh, but, but outside of that skating, explosive, creative, offensive minded, I, I, I imagine it's even like Robin Salad. This kid probably started out as a forward and made the move to defense. You think so? That's interesting. Right. I know that's what Salo did. Salo mm-hmm. didn't move to defense till he was 13. I think he told me, uh, idolized, Maybe not idolize is a strong word, but really watched a lot of Sidney Crosby growing up is what he did. Makes sense. I feel like most of us did. Yeah. The the one last thing I want to get to from this draft is we heard rumors of the Islanders giving out math tests. And so I was like, all right, I asked specifically to Lucas. I asked him, like, did you get that test? Was it that hard? And he was like, yeah, it was like 200 200 200 questions. (laughs) 
It was uh, multiple choice, A, B, or C. And he was like, yeah, it was fine. It didn't seem... It was funny. He had a smile on his face because not clearly not everyone does that. But uh, clearly, teacher Lou Lamorello never done teaching. <laughs> 200 multiple choice questions? Christ. <laughs> we would not have been drafted by the Islanders, buddy. No shot. Absolutely no <laughs> chance. I wanted to ask him what kind of questions, but he was already on the, uh, along in the interview, and he was he was he had places to go. They had a, they had a game later that day. Oh no, it was on Monday. But either way, um, he had things to do. I don't want to get like, well, was it like trigonometry? Was it the uh, what was the? Anyways, I don't want to get into what kind of math necessarily, but it really it stuck in my brain. So when I get to interviewing some of these other players, I'm gonna get to what kind of questions were on this test. Please tell me. Yeah, we we have to know. Uh, is it like? Are we talking PEMDAS stuff? Are we talking Pythagorean theorem? I need to know. Yeah, exactly. But with that, like, I, I much more appreciate a math test as much as my, my teacher, my wife teacher will tell me, like, testing isn't really the best thing in the world. It doesn't really tell you anything. Um, but I much more appreciate a math test as a kind of pre-draft interview thing than tell me what animal you are which is an actual question asked of prospects in pre-draft interviews by NHL teams. Tell me what kind of animal you are. What kind of garbage nonsense is that? Because the thing is with that is that there's a clear answer that you're looking to get out of them, but you're just not telling them. What are you really gaining there? Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 true. That's a good point. With a math test, the, the idea is that you're trying to see if they're smart, I guess. And maybe smart isn't the right word to use, but if they're book smart, let's say. And maybe that tells you that they're not necessarily just singularly focused on that, but they're capable of of grasping more difficult concepts, perhaps. I guess. Regardless, me and you sat down for that test. It would not end well. Be like, okay, these guys are one-trick pony. They could talk into a microphone, type some words on the internet, and that's about it. Yeah, I'd have to look at my econ math books, but uh, maybe I could do okay. But C's get degrees, buddy. Absolutely. Amen to that. Uh, So with that, do you want to transition again to some of the quiz stuff, Mitch? Let's do it. So as you all know, every week we do a mystery New York Islander. Matt has five clues to guess who they are. They get progressively easier as we go. Uh, And the, the mystery Islander has nothing to do with the show number as it used to be. So, Matt, are you ready? Let's do it. First question. I was a sixth-round pick by the Rangers. Sixth-round pick by the Rangers. Okay, next. I had 417 points at 836 NHL games. You played a lot. Okay, next. I have the Predators' record for single-game assists with five. Who's a Ranger, an Islander, and a Predator. Five. If I, it helps, okay. he's a defenseman. I don't know why I had to stumble on that. I knew he was a defenseman, but the words um, wouldn't come out. Okay, I'm stumped so far. Four, I signed a one-year deal with the Islanders in 2015, September 2015, that is. Is it Licky? Yes, good job. Let's go. 
And then my fifth one was you could say I put a zid on my career with the aisles. I seen it was a play on words for lid. There you go. Zid lid. I love it. Yeah, I, I like that move. I thought he was fine that year. Yeah, absolutely. Right, 16 points that year. And he, he was pretty old. And by old, obviously, about as old as I was or am. So, yeah, 16 points, 53 games. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty good on that team for sure. That was right after they lost uh, Viznowski, so that's kind of the replacement. Exactly. All right, let's get to the social segment. What's going around on Isles Twitter, Mitch? What do you got for us? First one here comes from Stace, uh, Stacy uh, Morand, I think. A Stacy A Morand, I Morand, whatever. Hat <laughs> is the is the Twitter handle, and she says, "Not to be dramatic, but if the Isles don't re-sign Sezikis, I will walk across the LIE with a blind blindfold on." I, I feel that um, I would be right there with her because that would be frustrating after all of this, right? It really would. Um, I don't see it happening. The only reason that he would leave is if he's chasing paper, and I can't imagine cases he gets chasing paper. Or I guess the Islanders say, like, here's a million dollars, take it or leave it. And I also don't see him doing that. No. Yeah. I, so really not a surprise at all. Yeah, you don't go and protect Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin in the expansion draft and say, hey, Casey, would you mind taking, like, a million dollars? Thanks. No. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my first one comes from James Myrtle, and he says, Leafs will sign Josh Hosang to a PTO for training camp. How about that? Josh Hosang will get another shot at an NHL roster. Yeah, good job by him. He's. I don't think he's making that team. I, I can't see it happening. It's not that I don't think he's got the talent. It's just he's got a lot of, of players to beat out for a role. He needs to go to a team where he can definitely make the roster and, and know he's in the NHL and then and then excel. I, I don't think he's going to make that roster. He's probably going to end up playing on the Marlies, which is fine. Yeah. Um, And then maybe work his way from there. But at least he's staying in North America, and I'm sure that's exactly what he's aiming for right now. Of course. Absolutely. Although I did email Linkoping's GM, he has not emailed me back, probably because he's going, did you not see the news, dum-dum? Uh, and, and I hadn't, because at the time that I wrote the email, the news did not break. There you go. That's fair. My second one here comes from Sam uh, Carcitti, and he's a, um, a beat writer for the Philadelphia Flyers. And now it's not the exact tweet here. But he says, uh, Parise back with Lou with New York Islanders. My head will always think of Lou with New Jersey. Because previously in the day, Sam mm. tweeted out that he thought or he had heard that Zach Parise was going to the Devils. And everyone on Isle's Twitter is like, what the hell is going on here? Why is why the Devils? And then he walked it back. I'm like, whoops, sorry, brain fart. It happens. It happens. But I saw that and was very confused. Now, with all due respect to him, I did not buy it for a second. But I did have the moment of, what? Yeah. Very much going, what the hell? And you're looking, it's a blue check mark. Yeah, that's Sam. It really worked. What the hell is going on here? Uh, and then sure enough, like I think it was an hour later going like, whoops, sorry, everyone, my bad. <laughs> he threw a grenade and left for an hour and then came back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my last one comes from James Nichols. And it's a quote tweet from Cap Friendly of all the signings by teams. And... He says, Isles and Blues, only teams not to make a move with the thinking emoji. Yeah, no, fair enough, right? Although, I don't know what that means necessarily. It, it, 
the implication is that like they haven't done anything because they're trying to work out a deal. Well, you can do two things at once, right? You, you could try hope. to work out a deal in free agency and still, you know, wait to do a trade. I don't think their lack of free agent activity means that they're going to be then doing trades because if so, that's pretty bad form from the GMs to be like, we haven't signed any free agents. Or we're not going to sign anyone until we make that trade. And then you have all these big names gone off the board. And you're like, we are sticking to our guns here. That seems irresponsible. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think so too. So, but it could mean that they're they're still in the works or something. But I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's more of a coinkeating than anything else. Yeah, could be. Anything else, Mitch? My last one, this kind of fits into uh, your your Venn diagram of sports fandom, where you're Islander and and Jets fan. Oh. And this comes from uh, Greg Van Rotten, I guess. I don't know who he is, but yeah, place says that they should they the Jets should follow the Islanders model. One of my favorite things about the Islanders is they play within the system. If you're not from this market, very few people know a lot of the names. I think it just shows if you have a really good coach, a really good system, and guys that work hard, then you can go far. Wow. Yes, Greg Van Rowen is a Rockville center kid. That's... Right, yes, I, I saw that, and I was like, I know where that is. Yes, <laughs> yes, not too far from uh, Nassau Coliseum in the island. So, um, yeah, I love that. And he also said that he loves the way he was talking about Matt Martin and how he loved how Matt Marty plays and stuff like that. Um I love it. I, I would love for the them to actually buy in, but they need a a proven head coach first, which the, the Jets have a rookie head coach, so maybe he turns out to be like a Barry Trotz, but uh, I would absolutely love it if all the New York teams, at least the ones that I like, replicate the Islanders. Do they also need a quarterback? Don't they need one of those two? Um, well, <laughs> the quarterback hasn't signed yet. Um we could we could very much go on a tangent here and talk about offsets in in, in NFL contracts, <laughs> but I think that'd get a little boring on this show. No, that's fine. We don't need to do that. I was just trying to fan the flames here. Uh, I love it. So before we go, let's get some plugs in here. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot. And we appreciate the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download the fan sided app and get us there or on the website eyesonisles.com. And last but not least, check out that Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. $5 a month, you get a ton of content. We're going to record a mailbag show right after this. You get post game reactions after every single game, regular season, and playoffs. During the off season, you get deep dives on topics. You get a Discord a group chat of great Islander fans and a whole lot of other good stuff over there. Head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Do it today. There you go. That'll do it for episode 206. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ah, spring. 
Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride, or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.